Greetings, friends, and welcome to the Scramble Podcast brought to you by Farmer's Hen House. Eggs not only taste good, but do good for the environment, for the farmer, for the hen, and most importantly for you. And today it is, what is it, Thursday, April 10th, 9th, I think. Yeah, man, I'm getting my days mixed up here, um, which is just a byproduct of, of our current current state. Uh, but we are uh, excited to have the farm family, the famous farm family, the Stutzmans, on this podcast today. So, uh, Leon, Wanda, kids, are you guys there? Yes, we are here. All right. You guys sound great uh, and healthy, which is good. Yes. Um, so you guys uh, were featured on a video we did, uh, appropriately named Meet the Stutzmans, where we uh, just highlighted you guys as a, as a family, uh, obviously farming in part with Farmer's Hen House. Um, and we had probably an hour and a half of, of video that we shot. Uh, and lots in, of good conversation. <laughs> and then the video ended up only being, I think, about a minute and 19 seconds long or something like that. And so there's a, a lot of stuff that was left out, obviously. And so I thought it would be um, just a, a good uh, opportunity for us to to be able to have more of that conversation that we had there that day, but to be able to capture that conversation because you guys... Um, have lots of, of great stories and insights, uh, perspective that, that I think would be um, good for our customers to hear and, and whatever other listeners are out there. So uh, with that said, who all do I have on the call at the moment? We have Leon. And Wanda. And Logan. Monica and Brooklyn. All right. So we're, we're just missing one, right? We're missing, yeah, we're missing Jameson. He'll be here in a little bit. Okay, what's, what's Jameson up to? He's doing schoolwork. Oh. No, he's not. No, he's not. Oh, no, he he's not. Choring. He's packing eggs. He was choring. Okay. And he's just coming in. That's even better. So, did he draw the short stick, or why are all the other kids not choring? <laughs> he got all his schoolwork done yesterday for today, and so... That's he, his reward. And so his oh. reward is he gets to chore. I'm 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 gonna try that on my kids, and in, and I'll anticipate a rebellion uh, when that happens. But but how, how, now now is that something that he looks forward to, choring? Or I should ask all the kids that is that something you guys look forward to? Yeah, somewhat. I I don't really chore that often. No. The choring, so I don't really chore. Is is choring an incentive to get your work done? quickly your schoolwork well it's actually it's a perk for the boys because they're on a wage here oh the girls haven't done with that yet they're a little bit small to be lifted up those glass of eggs so it's an incentive as in the boys are going to get paid for it but then it means that their schoolwork is going to take longer gotcha. so jameson figured how to make it all work yeah yeah brooklyn wants to pack eggs but she's still a little short on one end so okay <laughs> So, all in good time. So, so there's a financial incentive involved with choring. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's that's making more sense now. I thought I thought yeah. maybe he just enjoyed choring so much that he wanted to get his schoolwork finished quickly. So, sixteen and eight, he 
18 year old boys like financial incentives. Yeah, no, that's that's true. Uh, 36 year old boys like that too. <laughs> so yeah, so you guys um, are uh, obviously on a, in a setting on your farm in which you're not uh, necessarily engaging with a lot of people coming and going necessarily. But I was going to ask you guys, how has the virus impacted you, one, as farmers, but two, just as people? So I can answer the one as people first, and that is we don't have a social life anymore. We just stay at home all the time. Yeah. Um, We go get groceries once a week or something like that. And other than that, we're pretty well at home. Um, from a farming standpoint, it hasn't changed a lot for me because my job is right here. And so the only thing I've really tried to do is make sure I have my, all my seed and herbicide and plenty of fuel and, and spare parts if something would break down so that if everything does shut down even tighter, I'll just quarantine in the field. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, just making sure I have everything here so that I can get through planting season if I need to, uh, without going to town. So, yeah. Cause you get, apart from chickens, obviously, uh, what other farming do you guys do? I have, so I have hogs and I also have, I have 200 acres of corn and beans. Okay. And so we're just coming up on planting season. It's getting to be a pretty busy time of the year for us. Um, so yeah, I'm just trying to make sure I have everything I need to get through planting season right now. Yeah. I read a, or I saw a headline, I should say, yesterday that talked about how uh, farmers or some farmers are stocking up on feed in particular because of the uncertainty of um, you know, the virus and how it could have an impact on their livestock. Has that been the case for you guys at all? It hasn't been. Um, I get my feed from a local feed mill. It's just a couple miles from here. Okay. And I don't really have a way to stockpile a lot of extra feed. So I get feed once a week. Um, and I've, I don't know. I feel like the feed mills are going to be essential workers. Like, yeah, you can't shut a feed mill down because our animals have to eat. Right. Um, so, yeah, I can't. I can't really stockpile feed. Yeah, I I read that people are actually bartering eggs for toilet paper. Well, I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's- yeah, yeah, I guess they got, yeah, they're just using, it's a currency. They're, just, they're actually buying things with toilet paper now. New, new currency in the U.S. is toilet paper and eggs. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, it's the new world order. Yeah. I, Jameson is, I'll see you can say hi to Jameson. Hey, Jameson, how are chores? They're good. Chickens are fine. Yeah. They're enjoying the sun. Yes. Are they out in the sun already? Uh, the doors open at eleven, 
So they're, they're just about ready to go out. They're just getting stuff. ready. It's nice out today. Yeah. Is it? Is it nice? Well, I'm I'm about 50 miles away from you guys up in Cedar Rapids. Is it nice where you guys are? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's cold. It's not nice. <laughs> no. It was it was warm. What well, was that? What the past two days? It's been pretty warm up here. I assume yeah. down there too. But it's yes, but it's not warm now. It's cold and the sun is deceiving. <laughs> Such as spring, spring in Iowa, right? Yeah, cold and sunny. I'll, I'll take it after this winter. So, um, hey, I want to uh, kind of talk about how you guys got into uh, farming. Obviously, it could be a thing you got into at a very young age, but um, talk about that, and then um, be able to yeah share any other um, thoughts or insights. You know, just with your your farming story, does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so um, yeah, I come from a long line of farmers. I think as far back as you go, they were farmers, and I grew up on a dairy farm. And I thought I hated it. I think I mostly hated the schedule and you know the late evenings working in the summer and just you know um, my dad passed away when I was nine, and so my brothers were running the farm and probably probably didn't have as much, you know, organizational skill that, you know, their young age is what we would have had if my dad would have been present, but I vowed I would never marry a farmer, and specifically a hog farmer because the pigs just smell really terrible, <laughs> and so when Lena and I started dating, he was had grown up on a farm as well, but it wasn't really on our radar at the time. Um, soon after we got married, Leon started raising some pigs just as a side object, you know, get a little more income. And now, 20 years into marriage, I'm looking back and seeing how we just kind of took baby steps towards farming all along. But there is no place I would rather raise my family than on a farm. And I'm extremely grateful to a farmer. So, obviously, you know, I have grown up a little and my heart's changed quite a lot along the way, but I think it's a wonderful place to raise a family. I do think that some farming operations are more stressful than others, and um, there can be a variety of reasons for that. And um, I'm just really grateful that we are where we are. Yeah. And that was uh, kind of a, a vow you made to yourself that you never marry a farmer. But yes. when, when you married Leon... Was was farming a possibility for you guys, or did, did that kind of just sneak up on you? I feel like it kind of snuck up on us. It wasn't until we were probably married five, maybe ten years before I realized how big of a deal it was to Leon. And then also with having kids and seeing the value of having dad around to help with the kids more. Yeah. Um, just a lot of things started looking very different. And so, Leon, were you farming then as a... Or did you grow up on a farm, I should say? So I grew up on a farm, and I wanted to farm. I always, I loved farming, always wanted to farm. Um, did, did you know that Wanda vowed to not marry a farmer when you married her? Yes, I knew that. <laughs> he knew a lot of other things that Wanda vowed, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, some vows, I guess, are meant to be broken. Some aren't, and some are, right? I loved it, but uh, 
financial problems. And so there was a number of us boys. Actually, there's seven of us boys in the family. Wow. And I'm the oldest. And I knew that not all seven boys can have the farm. It just doesn't work that way. Yeah. And so I had a younger brother that showed a lot of interest in the farm. And so I told him, well, I'll just go find a job and, and you do the farming. And so I got a job. I actually, I worked at a Napa parts store. Okay. Years, which I, which I enjoyed. Um, and then after that, I got a job with an excavating company and I really loved that job, but I still always kind of wanted to be back on the farm. And, and I had been in that job for, I think, I think it was three or four years until we bought the place we're at now. And this place here just had, they had a hog building, some old hog buildings on a house and some old hog buildings, but it didn't have farm ground with it. Okay. And so I bought that as kind of a way to get into the farming again. Um, and then after I was here, so I was working for the excavating company and here for three or four years. I don't, I don't know the exact numbers, but I had worked for the excavating company for seven years and then an opportunity came up for me to work for my neighboring farmer doing farm work. And with that, he told me that if I would have ground to rent, then I could use his equipment to, to get back into farming if I wanted to. Is that a, is that a pretty rare thing to have somebody offer to lend you their equipment? Yeah, Cause um, just because equipment's obviously very expensive. And... Equipment is very expensive. Yeah. Very expensive. So I, I did that. I started working for him, and right about the same time, my younger brother had decided that farming wasn't what he wanted to do, and he wanted to go try something else. Okay. And so... Because of the financial situation my family farm was in, they actually rented it out to another neighbor for a year just till I could get my feet under me enough to farm it the following year. And so that was how it started. I was working for my neighbor and I used his equipment and was able to come back to the family farm and farm it. Yeah. And then... I think it was, I farmed it for a year and then I bought half of that from my dad and rented the other half. And a couple years in, I bought a tractor and a planter and I'm just slowly working my way in. Yeah. It feels like I have a long way to go, but, but now I've rented my neighbor's ground now. And in, um, let's see, it was in, 2015 I put up well I put up the chicken house in 2014 and then I quit working for my neighbor in December of 2014 and I came home full time January 2015 okay so you've been so, full time 
since two, 2015? Yeah, I've been full-time on the farm since 2015. Yeah. So, so I feel like it's been a lot of small baby steps to get here. And I've had a lot of help along the way from neighbors, um, friends. Um, yeah, it, it takes a lot of it takes a lot to get into farming, and it takes a lot of people that want to invest in you to do it. Um, um, it's 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 really difficult if you have to do everything all on your own and don't have support from from other older farmers around you. Right. Right. That's a cool story. Um, and, and, and that, that difficulty getting into it, I mean, I assume has a lot to do with just the fact that it, it costs so much to be a farmer, right? Because of the equipment and yeah. the land and yeah. And that's, why the, that's why the chicken house has just been such a tremendous blessing because that's what makes so that Leon can stay home full time and we have another income to, because you can't really live on crop farming right now. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's, that's why it matters how we do things in the chicken house too, because this is what we live off of. And this is, um, when our chickens are happy, then they're laying eggs and then we're making money and we're happy. So, yeah. um, that's why, that's why there's so much, um, that has to go into that to make it work. It's not just a half hearted operation, but we need to do this with excellence because this is, this is our livelihood. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Um, so how, how long have you guys been with, uh, farmer's hen house? Since 2015. Okay, yeah. So, so, so was that kind of the the impetus that allowed you to go full time into farming, or? Yeah, yeah. So I had I had um, a little knowledge of of chickens before growing up. We raised chickens, and my grandma actually from way back. My grandma had egg routes in Iowa City, okay. where she would go where she would go door to door delivering eggs. Wow. And, and so growing up, we would go on that route with my grandma. And then later we, there was a couple restaurants and new pioneer co-op, I think was another one where we sold eggs. And so growing up, I've, I've been around chickens. I mean, I knew, I knew the, I knew how to care for them. And, yeah, the the door to door thing was wasn't new to me because I had done it from a young age. Yeah, uh, but with the farmer's hen house, hopefully you're not going door to door anymore, right? No, we're not going door to door. But but the thing with farmer's hen house that that I like is we're trying to connect the grower to the customer. Yeah, and and that's a lot the way it was. 50 years ago, the customers knew the growers. Yeah. And it seems like we've gotten away from that a little bit. And I like the push to go back to that, to where, to where there's a, a, a farmer and a, the, yeah, there's a face behind the, there's a face to the farmer. So the customer has that relationship to the farmer. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, one of our, um, or I really just our new slogan, I would say, uh, is, is this phrase more than an egg. And so yeah. what we want our customers to know is, is what 
goes into the egg that or the eggs, right, that they um, are purchasing in the store, who, who's behind them. And so you, you kind of set up a segue to just to share about our new traceability feature, which I didn't even coach you to, to, to set that up. So I appreciate you doing that. Yeah, it did. That, that worked out well. But, but I mean, that's, that's the purpose behind the traceability feature is to just do it exactly. You, you said, um, was going on 50 years ago was that people knew where and who their food came from, right? They knew that the growers, uh, rather than just some, a company who you know serves as a as a broker, distributor, um, a processor of the product, uh, where we you know uh, are are wanting um, to make sure that customers see who is actually caring you know for the hens and um, gathering the eggs and and so to build any kind of relationship we can between the farm right and the table. So yep. that's cool. Uh, have you guys have you guys checked out the new traceability feature? We have not actually. Uh oh, we got it. I need to. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, you you guys probably don't typically have farmers henhouse cartons on hand because uh, you no, don't you don't need don't. to. <laughs> we don't have. We have to go to the grocery store and buy a dozen eggs, and that would be very foolish. Well, you you all you got to do is take your smartphone and and scan the QR code. So you don't even need to buy them. You you can just go oh, right. and just scan the QR code. Next time I'm at Fairway. Yeah, yeah, you got to try it, and 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 you're not. It's not guaranteed they're from your farm. So you you know there's right. about thirty farmers um, who are part of the traceability feature, and and so uh, it could be you guys. It's like a it's like playing the lottery. You never know. Life life's like a carton of eggs. You never know who's you're gonna get. <laughs> That's right. Hey, um, if the kids are still there, are the, or I should ask, are they the kids? Are. They are. Uh, it would be great to hear from them. Um, just as you guys are talking about your childhoods and, and farming and uh, what it meant to you, what that was like. Uh, if if any of your kids have any thoughts on growing up on a farm, uh, what the they feel the 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 joys or maybe even the challenges are uh, of that. It'd be great to, to hear from them on that. Well, one thing I've always liked about farming is, like, when we go out to work, we can work with our dad, and he can teach us stuff. And it's not just, like, we're working for someone else, but we're working in the family. And so it's also a growing experience with that. And that's been, that's been a big blessing to me. Yeah. And, and you're not just saying that because your dad's sitting right next to you, right? Yeah, and those are two great gifts you get in growing up on a farm, right? Yeah. So uh, something about being on a farm is um, we have like we have family nights, but then like we do it a lot of the time. We do it like outside, and we do fun things like on the farm, like having a campfire and eating outside, or like. Um, or like if dad will take us on spoiler rides down to like see his crops or something. Um, yeah, so that's just fun. Yeah, it seems like there's always probably something to do, right? 
Um, so let me ask you guys, who, uh, who gets to, to sleep in? Does anybody? Uh-oh. Oh, we're, we might be getting too, too personal here. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't want to... No, we, we, we do have a schedule, but Saturdays and Sundays, if somebody is not on to chore, that would be your opportunity to sleep a little bit later okay. on those mornings. But even now that we're in quarantine, you know, the kids are doing school, and we have a set time for breakfast in the morning, and we just do best with a routine around here because we can't tell the chickens the night before that we don't want to pack eggs, you know, till 11 o'clock in the morning. It doesn't work that way. So yeah. we operate best. We have somewhat of a routine. Yeah. Now, do you guys homeschool? We don't normally, but uh, our kids go to a private school. We, well, we homeschooled for 11 years, and this year was the first year that our kids all went to a private school, but obviously the school's been shut down, and so now we are actually back to homeschooling and communicating with their teachers through email and other um uh, other methods, and uh, we are continuing education at home. Okay, so it hasn't been a, a drastic transition then. No, it's been very seamless. Yep, that's good. So, uh, kids, what, what would you say is the hardest part about growing up on a farm? There's always work to do. <laughs> there's always work to do. I would say the hardest part is just there's always something to do, which is not always a bad thing. What's what's your least favorite job or chore? Uh, pulling weeds in a bean field. Oh, <laughs> that's that does sound rough. Uh, Anybody else? What least favorite chore? Loading out hogs. Loading in pigs. I don't like that. <laughs> they're babies and they're cute. Uh, Yeah. So, so do you guys like try to trade chores for the ones you don't like if, if somebody else likes it? I think the boys will probably have a history of that. They're, as they're getting a little older, they're probably a little bit more figuring out what's fair. But I think in the growing up years, there was probably a fair amount of that that happened. Yeah. Now, you guys heard that your mom vowed to never marry a farmer, uh, assuming that she would never have to farm again. Any of you kids have a desire to farm as you get older? Yeah, I think right now I would like to, which obviously that could change. I'm graduating high school this year. I am, but I'm going to work at a different place for a couple of years. And this is Jameson speaking, right? Or Logan. Logan, okay. Okay. So go have a what do you call it? Vom Springer.
A a anybody not want at least what they think right now, right? Obviously, hearing your mom's story, we know things can change. Um, but anybody not want to farm when they get older? And I don't really want to farm. Like, I mean, if I end up on a farm, it's okay. Like, I would rather live in the country. But I don't know if I want to be on a farm like this. I want to work on a farm. I want to raise goals for the rodeo. <laughs> you want to do what for the rodeo? Oh, you want to you want to breed them? Raise them, yeah, yeah. Raise them. Okay, yeah. That sounds exciting. Was that Brooklyn saying that? Yeah, Annika doesn't necessarily want to be on a farm, and Brooklyn would like to raise the bull. So. Okay, maybe um, Annika, you can ride them. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> There'd be a lot of noise if that were to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Now, do you guys uh, see a trend in just more and more people getting out of farming, in your, particularly in your community, or do you see that there's a real sustainable future for farming in your community? Oh, I would definitely see a trend moving away from it. Okay. And and what is what do you think that has to do with? So it has these intangible benefits of yeah. being together as a family, of um, being able to to just engage, uh, obviously with the land, with uh, the uh, you know the livestock, but but too to do all that as you're also engaging together as a family. Yeah, so, and I think. So with you seeing a trend in, in um, people getting out of farming, I mean, do you think that there will be a farming crisis happening in the future because of that? Or is there one now? I was going to say, I think we're already kind of in a farming crisis just with the grain crisis and all of those things going on. And even if someone loves the farm and has you know all of the same values that Leon's talking about here, 
there's still some things that have to be in place. You either have to have a dad that's giving you, like really helping you, or you need to have another a family friend that's, I mean, to just be a young guy in your 20s or 30s and go out and start farming right now, it is almost impossible to even make that happen. Yeah. So I just feel even the stories that Leon was sharing about people that have invested in us, which is why we are where we are, I just look at that so much as the hand of God and that, that is where he, this is where he wanted us for whatever reason. And we are just very grateful, but man, it is tough, at least in this area to just start farming out of the blue because you love it and it's in your blood or whatever. Yeah. Unless maybe it's a hobby that you, you have other income and you can, yeah. you know, have some money to, to burn and try to pursue it. But, um, or you have a day job your cows in the evenings when you get home and you know great fall you take off a week or two and do your crops but it is i don't see how you can you know you just there's a lot of things that make it really tough to actually get a full-time income from a farm yeah technology is advancing really fast and that is helping us be better farmers it's helping us grow and but we're kind of at this stage where technology is extremely expensive. And so to get it all implemented, it just takes a while. And now that we, I mean, we, we've just had a lot of knocks against us in the last year and a half, as far as grain pricing with, I mean, we have tariffs and now we have COVID-19 and exports shutting down and, and now the ethanol industry is down and it's just everything is just stacking up and it just every time there's a cut it just gets a little harder um but i don't know that there's one big culprit or i don't know that i could say there's one big culprit so with the technological advances in farming one of the things that i see happening is but the world's perception is they want the farmer to use less chemicals they want the farmer to use less fertilizer we want cleaner water we want cleaner air all of that stuff and all of the, and all of that stuff is good but the the technology we need to implement those on a large scale is, is really expensive. Yeah. Um, for example, they are now coming out with, with sensors that I can put on my planter to sense the nutrients in the soil. So as I'm going through the soil, it's reading what nutrients are in the soil. And then when I go behind with the fertilizer, I can overlay that with my fertilizer cart and get the exact right amount at the exact right place. Um, those advances that are being made in farming, which is amazing, but it's, but it's just incredibly expensive and it's incredibly hard to get there. Um, but we will get there because we're farmers. So we will get there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we see that as we're going, I see the next five years being kind of uh, a down market in farming. And so it's going to be really hard to 
make the advancements technology in the technology wise that we need to because of the financial restrictions that are going to be on us. Yeah. Yeah. So, and you feel a lot of pressure to obviously, I assume to embrace the technology or to use this technology as, as there's more expectations and standards kind of imposed, whether explicitly or implicitly. Yeah. 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 And, and, and in the long run, those advances in technology are good and they help the farmer because if I can use less chemical, if I can use less herbicide, uh, less fertilizer, it will pay me to do it. Right. Like that's all like the, the profit margins are tightening up. And so we need to tighten up wherever we can as well. And one of the ways we can do that is use less chemical, use less fertilizer. Um, and even seed is, is the same way. Um, some of those, some of the technology behind where we put the seed is even increasing as well. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we yeah. And then you said in the next five years, you're, you're envisioning just a, a kind of a difficult time in farming. Yes. Yeah. And that comes, and and I just see that because we have such an oversupply, especially of corn right now. Um, If we have a good crop this year, which I hope we have, uh, we are going to just have a lot of corn on hand that we're going to need to get rid of somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. So, the farmers are doing a good job of feeding the world right now. We're doing too good of a job because we've got too much feed on hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, you know, I've seen a lot on social media and just the news talking about, um, you know, these these heroes of our current, you know, state, obviously medical workers, uh delivery drivers but but two uh and i would say this is always the case but certainly farmers right and i think um i think it's just so it's so easy to take it for granted where you know when you get food on your table not thinking about where it comes from and what all goes into it um and you know i'm guilty of that too i need to confess uh but i think it's just good to to hear uh, from you guys uh, just about um, one, why you do it, but two, just about uh, the, the difficulty and the challenges of it, because, um, you know, I think it <laughs> demands a lot of respect and a lot of support uh, because without farmers, uh, we're not eating, right? We're maybe yeah. hunter ga- hunter gatherers are, but not, we're not, mo- most of the world is dependent upon, food that comes from you guys so yeah and i think that's one thing right now we're right in the middle of the covid 19 crisis and our governor has gotten a lot of heat for not just locking the state down but i know one i have a lot of respect for because i think she's saying if we shut iowa down we're shutting the food supply down and we cannot shut the food supply down. Right. Um, I was, I don't know if we're a leader in eggs, but we're close. Yeah, we, uh, we are and, actually. 
turkey and hogs. Yeah. Um, if we lock this state down, the food supply is going to be really disrupted. And so I think we all right now, as farmers, we feel the weight of keeping that food supply going. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so you feel kind of a unique pressure right now because of that? Yeah. 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 Well, uh, just from my own personal perspective, I really appreciate you guys doing what you're doing. Uh, I mean, you're, yeah. you're certainly putting eggs on my table. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I really appreciate, um, you guys, not just as farmers, but as people, um, for taking the time to, to, to do this podcast. And uh, yeah, it's too bad we can't be in person. I was really excited about doing this in person and, and eating more, hopefully of the donuts that are probably some of the best in the entire world that Wanda makes. But well, yeah, we'll get you some next time. Yeah. Next time. Definitely. So. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. What's that? Cinnamon rolls will be made with eggs from our own chicken. All right. Straight, straight from, straight from the hen. Right. They'll still be warm. Yeah. So. Well. All right. Well. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks, kids. You're welcome. All right. We'll talk, talk to you later. Yeah. Talk to you later. Take care. And you're listening to the Scramble Podcast, brought to you by Farmer's Hen House. Eggs that not only taste good, but do good for the farmer, for the hen, for the environment, and most importantly, for you. Thanks so much. Take care.